Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder to all those Blue Falcons still listening in and following us, suck my... Nope, that's not it. That's for later. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed on the podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect that of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value. This show is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, don't listen. If you do like it, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on all major platforms and social media, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course our website, www.spinningourgears.com. Head on over, check it out, and feel free to contact the guys. Now, without further fanfare and ado, I'm proud to present to you your co-hosts, Turk and Swagger. Welcome back, everyone, to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. Hope that music got you guys into the holiday mood, brought a little bit of holiday cheer to you, because this episode is a very special one. This is our holiday mashup. I really liked doing this episode last year, and I think I'm going to like it again this year, but this is where we get to take a chance and look back at this season of the Spinning Our Gears podcast. And season two was a really, really, really fun year for us. 2023 was filled with a lot of laughs, some cries, a lot of ups, a couple downs. But in spinning our gears fashion, we started off the year uh, making some people mad and diving into some controversy, which I'm sure you guys are all used to by now. Why don't you take a little listen and see how we kicked off our 2023. You know, I think we'd had some plans on doing some other stuff, but because of some very big events that have taken place, we kind of have to give a breakdown of it and kind of put our two cents into it. Yep. Uh, I think the first one is, obviously it's been beaten almost to death. We're going to beat it to death in this episode. The whole Megan Hall incident out of uh, uh, Tennessee. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, so uh, she, what a what a whole incident there. Because what is it, five, four or five different other male officers? Is that what it is? Is that what the count is up to? Um, I think so. So it, it's kind of convoluted because... How this whole thing broke down was the mayor of that city was given a tip that this female officer was engaging in a threesome with a married couple, which by itself is not illegal. There's nothing, I mean, it's immoral, but it's, you know, she can do that in her own time if she wants to. And <clears throat> the way that it broke down was a full investigation was done, and it uh, the person doing the investigation learned that not only was she engaging in sexual activity with them, she was also engaging in activity uh, sexually as well as like sending naughty photos and text messages to other people. And so I know that at least three or four have been fired from the incident and another two were suspended. And what they learned from this whole thing was that not only was she engaging in all these activities off duty, 
she was also doing it on duty. <laughs> and that's, you know, kind of where she got jammed up big time. Um, I I didn't get to see any of the report, but I saw the conclu- the statement from the conclusion of it. I thought it was, some of it was a bit of a reach. Like they fired her for lying during the interview and for engaging in sexual activity on duty. Those are clear cut. But then they they also included that she had sent these topless photos to coworkers and how that is somehow sexual harassment. And I understood that if you know she was doing it without their consent, then yeah, that is sexual harassment. But if it's the people that she's engaging in sexual activity with, I, I, it's one of those things where you have what you have, just go with that, go with the facts. You don't need to add more stuff to it. Right. So I'm, here I am, I'm reading it. So we're giving factual information just out of, I've I've seen this I've read about it but it is it's mm-hmm. six other officers <laughs> so yeah. I mean that's just that's wild and her husband's name's Jed- well, Jedediah yikes yeah her her <laughs> husband's name is Jedediah his dad is a pastor uh, can we all collectively say oof <laughs> what did we learn from that episode keep your dick in your pants that's what we learned from that episode we had to jump on it just like everyone else did, but yeah, that happened in 2023, the whole Megan Hall incident. Ugh. 2023 started off pretty nasty, but our next episode cleaned up pretty well. Our next episode, we got to sit down with the guys over at Risen Warrior Coffee Company and have a little conversation with them. Go ahead and listen in. Yes. Appreciate that since day one. Yep, so. 100%. Um, you talked about the name. You guys want to give us an explanation of how that name got created, what it means to you. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's, I guess it's my name. Um, so actually, it's kind of a whether or not you believe in God and divine intervention. I was actually sitting at a conference a couple of years ago um, listening to a speaker talk about raising up, being a warrior. What does that look like in our spiritual life? What does that look like in our personal lives? Um, and then warring against the things that we come against. And uh, I for whatever reason, started thinking about names. At the time, I thought it was going to be for my mental health coaching. Um, and it f- just kept hearing, like, that's not what this is for. That's not what this is for. And I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know what this is for, but we'll just hang on to it. Um, and so, but very much so indicative of if you have a spiritual background, we get this all the time, people will be like, oh, are you guys a Christian company? Because Prison Warrior feels biblical. And we're like, well, yeah, it kind of is. Um, but it also it it was a combination of what we believe spiritually as in um christ as our warrior um and then also the piece of the law enforcement and veterans and the mental health piece of truly believe anybody can be a warrior right like it's just it's getting up and staying in the fight um and so we loved that piece um and i loved the risen part because it's right it's it's a beacon of hope versus just like warrior coffee or something like that like You've already won the fight if you're already standing back up, um, and so it's it's three, four, five folds in what we named it. So yeah, it's pretty pretty deep, I guess, as far as how, where, and I guess it's got several meanings for the most part. Yeah, like a lot it's, of layers. Going back to the law enforcement, not even law enforcement in general, but just anybody can be a warrior, like you said. Yeah. But it's the people that choose to be it. Mm-hmm. And every single day, it doesn't just go away. Like, either you are or you're not. Yeah. That protector piece. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, whether you're a mama bear or, you know, you're 
special operations somewhere. Like it's everything in between, you know. Um, it's the mindset. Going back it's to mindset. mindset. Yep. And it's a decision every day. Absolutely. Every day. Yep. Yep. If you're a warrior now, you have to keep doing it. But the cool thing is, if you're not a warrior right now, you can make that decision. You can change mm-hmm. today. You can change yes. this minute. So. Yep. Yep. I think uh, David Goggins, I was yeah. listening to one of his, his reading. I can't remember what, I read it or saw it on YouTube or something. But he was talking about um, what changed his life was watching on Rocky. Yeah. And like how he just kept getting knocked down and just kept getting up and out. Took the fight out of... Uh, can't remember his opponent. Um, but anyway, um, having that mindset of like, I can get knocked down as many times as I do, and like, I'm still going to get up. And like, mm-hmm. me getting up every single time is eventually going to destroy my opponent. Yeah. And I guess that's the mindset, especially in the mental health aspect. Yeah. When we have in our mission, our, uh, our mission statement and our about us that we truly believe that the heart of a warrior resides in anybody willing to get up every day and stay in the fight. It's a, it is mm-hmm. a, it is a daily thing, and there are days where staying in the fight means you just got out of bed. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean you went 100%. It just means you made it through the day. And most days it requires coffee to do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good plug. Yeah, well done. That was a really good plug, and it was really well done. It's almost like they've got uh, marketing in their background. <laughs> in all seriousness, we love Risen Warrior Coffee, and we love that company over there, both Morgan and Kayla. Uh, you guys are probably going to get a little chance to listen to them again later on in this episode, but I would be remiss if I didn't jump in and say that they are a great coffee company, and it's been pretty cool that they've been along with us for this ride for quite a while. They didn't have to step up and be a part of it, but they did. They asked to be a part of it, and we are very, very happy and thankful for them to be here. I was blown away when they reached out to us and asked to support us in some way, and I just, yeah, I can't say it enough. I'm thankful. A hundred million times over, I'm thankful. I know Swagger is also. I hope that you guys can go out and support them. Go out to their website, www.risenwarriorcoffee.com, as well as their social media websites. Give them a look. See what they got going on. I know they've got holiday flavors out right now. By the time this one airs, it might be a little too late, but they've always got good yearly flavors that that we like to dig into. I love the Lights and Sirens myself. They are a locally owned family coffee company that uses the best ingredients possible because they believe a good cup of coffee can change someone's world, and they're serious about that. Head over to www.risenwarriorcoffee.com and check out all their flavors, and don't forget to tell them Turk and Swagger sent you. When it comes to talking about support and the fact that we've been supported in our, our journey here, it kind of it's kind of funny because it brings us to the next episode where support was a big key factor in the next episode. We had a buddy who was kind of hurting and was in a tough spot, and he needed us to tell his story to try to help get some eyes on his story and get some wrongs righted. The next episode was our Keeping Cain episode. Those that don't remember that that whole situation was there was a handler who was leaving the department that he was at and the department did not want to help out or be reasonable in getting him his dog back and allowing him to pay for that dog. They got a little bit greedy and and they wanted probably more than the dog was worth considering that it was an elderly disabled dog. We jumped into that episode with the mentality of telling his story and getting him help. And just like any story with a dog, things got emotional pretty quick. 
we're kidding ourselves when we do that. We all know what's going to happen. And it's what happened here. You become attached to the dog. You fall in love with the dog. The dog becomes part of your family. Mm-hmm. And it's no lo- it, it is a partner. They are riding with you every fucking day. Yeah. You're ta- you're talking to them every day in the back of the car. People think you're crazy because you're driving around. They think you're talking to yourself and you're talking to your dog. One of the weirdest fucking things, when I retired Havoc, that first day, hmm, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, the first day when I retired Havoc, when I got in a squad car by myself, and I look back there, and he wasn't there, it's hard to deal with. That's the only way that I can put it. It's hard to deal with. It's a different thing that they don't tell you about. Um, these guys are a part of your family. They're not just a tool. I'm going to let you pick it up for a second here, Swagger. Yeah, you're good, man. So it, I can honestly say that in talking with you um, when when you retired Havoc, you, you could tell that there was there was a, a missing piece that you knew you were going to have to go forward with in your career. Um, I know that. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this. I don't even know if you know this. Um, but when I was a kid, my stepdad, who was also a police officer, uh, was a canine handler. He had a single purpose chocolate lab. Um, his name was Hershey. I remember this. Yeah, name was Hershey. Um, my stepdad got promoted, and the dog went to a different handler. So I have a direct remembrance of this. Now, I and my 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 mom and my stepdad had recently just you know had recently just gotten together when this was all kind of transpiring. But my stepsister who had lived with that dog her whole life, uh, you could you had a serious, um, you know, had some heartbreak um, because the dog was, mm-hmm. was leaving. And I didn't really, I, you know, I, I was losing a pet, in my opinion. Um, and, but she was losing a sibling, you know, because that's what it becomes. You know, I, I wasn't living there. I didn't live with my mom and my stepdad. Um, you know, I lived with my dad, uh, you know, in a, in a different household, obviously. Um, so, but what she went through and what I witnessed and how, you know, how hard it was on her um, moving forward is, is exactly what we as, as police officers, community members, so forth, have got to try to prevent from happening here in this mm-hmm. case in particular, um, is that the, the canine does not go to somebody else because right. this officer does have little kids and th- this canine is a part of that family. So, as you know, you know, regardless of whether or not your partner is going to get back in a squad car with you or not again, he should still be Mm -hmm. with you. I think that Swagger and I knew that episode was going to get heated and emotional. I don't think that we realized going into it that it was going to be so personal for both of us. I don't think that we realized we were going to be telling our own personal stories in relation to what this handler was going through. I know that I wasn't planning on getting choked up when I first started that episode, but we've told you since day one that we're going to be open and honest with you. We're going to be real with you. We're not going to sugarcoat things. And we didn't hear either. Now, the good news is that story has a very happy ending. Kane was reunited with his handler. He is home right now with his handler and his handler's family, and they're living a great life. So please don't hear that last clip and be concerned that things went bad. Because they went well, we, as well as some other companies, were able to step up and help out and get that dog back to his handler. And 
help them get reunited as they should have been. Our next episode, we kind of got back to our roots a little bit. And we had a specific topic that we wanted to talk about. Being that Swagger and I had recently switched apartments and gone to a new department, we wanted to talk about kind of the do's and don'ts of going to a new place, a new place of employment. And the episode was really, really good. We kind of went back to that list tit for tat thing where we each brought up something that we wanted to mention about the particular topic we were talking about. But as so many of our episodes do, it kind of got turned back around towards mental health and leadership. And I think that we really kind of finished off the episode with a great message. Heck, it was such a good message that apparently my dogs agreed to. You guys heard that in the background. But take a look and listen inside the message that we kind of finished the episode off with. And I'll get back with you here in a second once I let them out to go potty. Yeah, I just had the same conversation with an old timer at my current apartment. Um, After range, you know, we're just hanging out telling stories or whatever and I made the same comment where I was like I would not have lasted the rest of my career at Icarus I don't know I'm not saying something bad would have happened to me maybe more along the lines of I would have got out of law enforcement altogether but there's no way that I would have lasted a full career there it just would it was taking too much of a toll on me um I I can honestly say my mental health my overall longevity and livelihood has gotten much much better since leaving there and going to a place where i can be happy again oh yeah i mean i had a, a individual one of our one of our uh, one of our brethren from icarus reached out to me recently it was like i saw a photo of you and you look so fucking good like i'm like i appreciate that. that's very nice i'm taken but i appreciate that man <laughs> um so but no he said that and i 100 I, I am but you can ask anybody in my family i mean the the removing yourself from the cancer of a an agency a shit agency is mm-hmm. is very important it really is it will do enormous things for you and more importantly your family your kids um, mm-hmm. so much more important uh, to put yourself and your family first like you have to do it otherwise you're gonna lose it you really will and I th- I think that I've mentioned this before but. It was maybe three months into my new department. I was hitting personal bests in lifting areas. Like like the weight had come off my shoulders and into my muscles. You know, it was it was insane. And we talked about it. Like you and I both. I know you're you're a really good you're a really good shot. You always have been. Um yeah. I, I was always down towards the bottom. I mean we had to shoot a ninety percent to be on SWAT, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I was always down there flirting with like the 90, maybe wouldn't hit 90, like 88, you know, 86 and have to get a 90. But I was always down there. I get to the new department, no stress whatsoever, go out there, shot 96 right off the bat, boom, done. Yeah. I was like, yep. holy shit. Like same so, handgun, same everything, nothing else different. Um, literally was just myself as all it was. Yep. We, so like I said, we had range yesterday and one of the, the courses that we have to fire is the FBI bullseye course, which is a total, you can have a total of 300 points if you score perfect. And I had, I'd shot maybe once in the last six months. And yeah, like you said, always been a decent shot, but you would assume there'd be some rust there. And I shot a 284 out of a possible 300 cold. So that's, that's not me bragging. That's me saying when you have that stress off your shoulders, like Swagger just said, things can get so, so, so much better. Right. It's it's crazy. I mean, 
if you're trying and I guess we'll touch on this real quick <clears throat> if you're looking to get out of law enforcement it's just not for you anymore then do it because if you don't do it you are yes. going to end up getting yourself or somebody else hurt um, mm -hmm. seriously if it's not for you it's not for you that's okay go do something else find something else to do with your life if it is for you and you just really cannot stand the place that you're currently at just find a different agency like there are great agencies out there uh, scattered throughout this country that, that have better opportunities, um, better family, you know, work-life balance, um, better camaraderie, uh, you know, benefits. You know, I could go on for days. There are better agencies out there. Just go out and find them. You will. And and I want you you touched on it just a little bit. I want to make sure that it's, it's harped on and clarified. This isn't the FTO to PO talk. Like, hey, this job isn't for everyone. What he's saying is, you know, you've been in it for a while and you're just getting to that point where you're like, I can't do law enforcement anymore. It's okay to say that. I know that it's hard, but it's okay. And like Swagger said, if it's not for you at this point in your life, if you've lived it and you've done it and you can't do it anymore, then yeah, absolutely seek something else. Leaving law enforcement is a difficult topic to talk about. Just changing a department is a difficult topic to talk about. When it comes down to it, you've got men and women who have put time and sweat and tears and blood and money and sacrifices towards a profession that they love. I get it. I understand. Especially when you have a lot of time put into it. Making that decision to walk away or go somewhere else can keep you up at night. It's something you have to talk about with your family. It's something you have to look in the mirror and and decide for yourself. Is it for you? Is the profession for you and you need to go somewhere else? Or are you just plain burned out and you need out? But like that clip talked about, it can bring a lot of great things. And if you're at a place that does not respect you and a place that does not see you for what you're worth, that continues to beat you down, and treats you like you're in a domestic assault relationship, it's time to leave. It's time to get out. It's a tough topic to talk about, but it's one that you should for your own well-being. We weren't done talking about tough topics, though. The next episode that we're going to dive into, we sat down with our good friend, Sergeant Zeke, and had a real heart-to-heart -heart with him, talking about a situation that he went through, and how he dealt with it, how he continues to deal with it today. It was a, a tough topic, but I feel honored, and I think Swagger felt the same way, that he was willing to sit down with us and tell his story and open up for us and open up for all of you. Here it is. Went to stop a car for a high rate of speed, doing 93 and a 45. Uh didn't stop. The officer starts to pursue it. The car turns, comes back at the officer, tries to take the officer head on. Um, as the officer makes a U-turn again to go after the car, the suspect vehicle does it again and comes back at the officer again head on. There's a lot of officers that are coming to the area, but commanders were able to also watch some of the major intersections through the camera systems that we have. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty evident that he was driving very erratic, very high rate of speed. And you know, he was swerving at civilians, so on and so forth. So they made the decision to just, we're going to terminate this. We're not going to continue to pursue this guy. It's not worth, our safety is not worth his safety. 
or the public safety for that matter, just let him go. Somewhere along the lines, the decision was made, though, that if we had the opportunity, if he crossed from one side of town to the other, um, there was a long bridge, that if he was driving across that bridge, we could stop stick him so we could at least get him stopped and off the road at that point, and then we would initiate a, a traffic stop or whatever it might be. Um, we sat, or I sat, at that, that bridge for a very long time, and he never made it across. So I was done. I cleared myself from the call, and I, I, I took off. I was, I was heading back to the station to go work out and do whatever, and then an officer got on the radio, and uh, she said she was behind the vehicle, and it was traveling relatively safely. Um, so at that point, she continued to give direction to travel, and it was coming my direction, so I had to turn around and go back. It then turned onto a side street that I was on, and I met them head-on, like at the intersection. Turned around, got behind the suspect vehicle and the pursuing officer. She radioed out that the car just stopped, and it abruptly stopped in the middle of the road and travel portion. As we both went to put our cars into park, the suspect took off again at a high rate of speed. At this point, he was traveling 75-ish mile an hour in a 35 zone. It's a very curvy, hilly, windy road, so pretty unsafe at that point, but not to the point where we were too worried about other, you know, citizen safety, and it was three-something in the morning, so it was pretty, pretty late. And the other officer asked if she could uh, initiate another traffic stop. And there was a pause, and I'll talk about that later, but <laughs> there was this pause, and the sergeant finally got back on the radio, and he says... Yeah, go ahead. And you could tell in his voice he wasn't really sure we wanted to, and but we did. And, and what came out later with that is he told me that he goes, I just knew nothing good was going to happen, no matter what, no matter what it was. He didn't foresee what was going to happen. He just thought something bad was going to happen, and so he was a little hesitant. But he, go ahead. So. She activated emergency lights, um, and he continued to go. I turned on my lights. I'm behind her. It's They had created some distance between me and her, and uh, when I came up over a hill, she just calmly got on the radio and said, oh, he's stopping in front of such and such an address. And as I came over the hill, they were stopped, um, like a normal traffic stop, over to the side of the curb, and it's a narrow road. But here's where we talk about the age thing. And I was like, man, I'm like this guy's gonna bolt. Then he's gonna go north, and there's nothing but woods. And I'm, I need a head start. So I'm gonna come around on the left side, maybe cut him off a little bit, get a little bit of a jump, and a foot chase. And as I came up to a sliding stop, the door flies open on the car, and then he starts to exit the car, but he's got a long black gun in his hand. And I was like, man, is this like, is this really happening right now? And so, as in I'm trying to get my car in the park, he pulls the gun up and he levels it at the officer that's making the traffic stop. And he drops the gun for like a half a second, and he pulls it back up and he levels it at her again. At that time, I'm out of my car, and I yelled, drop the gun, and I started to get a second drop the gun out when he swung the gun over to me, and we exchanged gunfire. He fired once, um, I fired my sidearm, the other officer, the initiating stop, uh, stopping officer, she 
um, fired her weapon. He was shot multiple times, and he went to the ground. Uh, we then <laughs> did what goes against human nature, and we then all started to provide first aid to the subject and ultimately saved his life by providing that first aid. I still get those chills in the back of my arm when I hear him tell that story. Just hitting home, having a friend that lived through something like that. But I'm incredibly proud to say that I know the man and that he he lived to tell that tale, that he and his partner got home safe at the end of the day. He handled himself with professionalism, with pride, and with that level of being a warrior that we harp about here. That whole episode was jam-packed full of information and stories and messages. It was so impactful that we broke it up into two parts. And honestly, both episodes were were very, very... Uh, I don't know how to put this. They were just great episodes is what I'm trying to get at. And they ranked high on our list of, of things that we've done with this this podcast. So definitely encourage you guys not only to go back and listen to that story, but to listen to that whole episode and the second one where we dive into things like you know, what it's like being a tenured officer at a new place, getting into a gig where it's more of a young officer's routine. We talk about the mental health side of things in dealing with a situation like this. We deal with, or we talk about the repercussions of a situation like this and, and what happens after you're involved in an incident. Again, I cannot thank Sergeant Zeke enough for coming on here, opening up, kind of being open to the world and telling his story. After our conversation with Zeke, Swagger and I decided that we'd had so much fun the first time around, it was time to have another conversation with the Risen Warrior. And that's exactly what we did. We sat back down with Kayla and Morgan again for a second time this year and had a conversation. The episode initially started off with the topics of being a new detective, as Morgan and I had just been promoted to detectives in our own agencies, as well as the roles that uh, part-time and reserve officers play in law enforcement. Now, those conversations were good. I, I don't want to take away from those. Definitely go back and give those episodes a listen, but it just wouldn't make sense for us all not to get together and talk about mental health because that's the big topic that we talk about on this podcast. And when you have a, a licensed person there with you, it would be a waste of time not to bring it up. So we kind of hit a heavy topic here and we dove into it. But I think you guys are going to like it. A lot of things have been going on this week, kind of on and off the podcast. And one of the big things I think we need to harp on is definitely checking in with one another. Yeah. Not only when someone's having a hard time, but, you know, just whenever. Um, you being a mental health liaison, what what does that look like for you? What are were some suggestions you have for cops who are type A personality and inside of a box and don't know how to say, hey, bro, what's going on? Um, get out of your box, get uncomfortable. I mean, truly, like, is it, is it worth it to lose a life because you're uncomfortable? You know? Um, but it, it truly can be as easy as, like, hey, bro, you okay? Like, you're good. Know, know who you're working with well enough, know their personalities well enough, and pay attention. 
um, you know, it's a kind of a guy thing, but if you go to work, like, not not paying attention to people, but if you go to work and somebody seems off, ask. Like, this is not, you don't have to, you don't have to like, give them a hug. You don't have to, like, just be like, bro, bro, you okay? Like, you good with this? Um, because even just knowing that somebody cares helps. And if it gets too much, like, oh, hey, Morgan came in or, you know, came in and asked how I'm doing, I'm going to go talk. And you've had that where you've checked on people and they're like, no, I'm good. And three days later, it's like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not good. Like, this is going on at home or I'm stressed out or whatever, but because he's made himself available, you know, and that's even outside of the peer support realm, just being a decent human. Just being a friend. Just being a friend. Honestly. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you? Um... I think it so like in you know firearms training, force on force, um, just as a general rule as a cop, if you are taking rounds, get off the X, move off the X. Same thing, you know, mentally. You know, we we're gonna take things, and if we don't move to counter that, eventually it's it's gonna hit us, and it's gonna hit us hard. So having that mindset of you know being able to before somebody reaches out to you, and this goes for everybody, even the people reaching out to you, is prepare yourself to be able to see that round coming. Yeah. And um, to know when maybe enough's enough, of like, hey, I need to, I need to want to take a break, or two, maybe I should reach out to somebody, or allow somebody to kind of, you know, let the wall down just enough, have a little bit of a conversation, short conversation. Um, but the more you do that, kind of building that muscle memory, um, easier it's going to get and same thing with you know like a car for example you know you maintain your car otherwise it's not going to work you know you got to get the oil changed um, otherwise your engine's going to eventually seize um, all the same thing for mental health like eventually if you don't take any you know precautions or um, steps to you know for stress relief or just um, how to process things like if you don't do little things you know preventative maintenance Eventually, that you know that cup's gonna overflow or tip over, and uh, learning how to do that it doesn't take much. Um, a little bit at a time, getting uncomfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, and kind of going back to ice baths. Is <laughs> that's what you're doing, yeah. and you're 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 winning um, a mini fight every time you do that, and like you're conquering that. And that's it doesn't seem like much. Yeah, it sucks probably being cold. But ultimately, like at the end, at when you're done, like you're done, and like you've just accomplished something huge, and to set you up for the rest of the day for success. I'm gonna pose this to you, Swags, in a different way. You've referenced your hell week mm-hmm. that you went through. How would you have liked someone to check in on you? Yeah. At the time, yeah, that's a, t- that's a tough question too. <laughs> I, I think we talked about Sergeant Zeke last week that. <coughs> I would have came out and said certain things. There was going to be things taken from me, as yeah. you saw, and it happened with a you know a, a lieutenant there. So um, that I enjoyed, I worked my whole life to do. Like you know, when I was in the Marine Corps. That's what I absolutely wanted to do was be a sniper. Uh-huh. Um, and yet I worked on aircraft. Like it mm-hmm. was, wasn't you know. So I wanted to be a sniper. So I knew if I would have came out and said the things that were going on, that that would have been taken. So um, so basically, it overflowed. You know, essentially is what you got. Um, so. Somebody reaching out to me, um, I don't know, I, I think it probably would have helped, ultimately. 
Um, but whether or not I was going to be willing to talk mm-hmm. is the other thing. So it's a two it's a two way thing. Like now I'll talk about it. You know, even when we did our last podcast, like I you know, I couldn't talk about it. Like right now I'm like still choked up about it just because yeah. it's so fucked up. But um, you know, it's one of those things. But uh, we've seen it where mm-hmm. we came from. Um, what happened to other people who who said stuff? So you know, it's one of those things when you're at an agency like that that's not going to support you or help you. Um, the only thing you can do is keep it in mm-hmm. and, or move somewhere else, which is probably the better option. Yep. Um, find a better place. But um, I don't know. It would have been an interesting outcome because I, I don't know what would have changed ultimately. But but do you think there was some I, phrase or introduction that that say Turk was coming to Swagger wanting to check in on you that would have helped during that time frame? Even if even if you weren't going to tell me what was going on to check yourself to take that mental ice bath is what we're going to start calling it yeah not really I, I don't know I mean when we 25 you know 25 sat there in the squad cars and talked and we, well, even the night when I worked overnights with you you know the last, one of the last times I worked overnights with you when I was back on the evening shift and we just sat there and talked for like an hour just bullshit and like just doing that or even this podcast um, and speaking about things is definitely getting a lot of stuff off your chest but I don't know if there was a singular phrase that was going to do anything We have absolutely got to do a better job of checking in on ourselves and one another. I think that was the big thing that I took away from this last episode was we're just not doing that well enough. We get complacent in our lives and we just kind of hope that it's not going to be us or it's not going to be someone that we know. That was a very powerful message to me and I hope that you guys heard it as well. The next episode that we dive into was a pretty unique experience for me. It was also kind of going out on a limb for me because this was our very first video episode. Now, you guys are not going to have a video version of this holiday mashup because half of our episodes were all audio only, and so it wouldn't make sense to try to do a combination of both. But this was my very first, or the podcast very first video episode, and I got to sit down with a best-selling author, And he talked to us about his officer-involved shooting, the mental health side of things that went through with that. But then towards the end of the episode, we kind of brought it all together. And we really started hitting on all of the topics that this episode, that this podcast, excuse me, is all about. We started hammering home, talking about the mental health side of things, but also the leadership side of things in law enforcement. And how bad leadership can really be the cancer to a department. I, I want you to know from an outside source and outside eyes that um, you, I think you were definitely in the right with what was going on. And I think that on their side of things, this is where it started to go downhill. And at the very least, they owe you an apology for that. You know what, what's really interesting is that when Doc Springer and I first wrote this book and we, we decided to do this project, we thought that what was going to resonate with most people was going to be the exposure to trauma, um, the suicide, you know, the effects of just the horrific things that we see. But what has resonated most with, I would say, just about every single reader or listener of this book is the admin betrayal or institutional betrayal, which you just touched on. And, you know, I look at it now, we probably could have written a whole nother book on just that topic alone. And, what I found is that we think it's just us and we don't realize how far spread, how far reaching this is. But 
the bottom line is that we eat our own better than anyone else. And it's happening at every single agency, not only across the United States, but in Australia, in the UK, in Canada. And I hear it time and time again. And this is that, you know, that elephant in the room that nobody wants to acknowledge. And oftentimes, unfortunately, we're actually ordered not to talk about it. You know, we get in trouble um, when they want to write us up or counsel us or document something. You know, we're ordering you not to talk about this with anybody, not to share these details. And it's like, now I get it. Because if we actually start talking to each other and sharing the details of how we're actually being treated, I mean, there's power behind that. Because I assure you that people listening to this right now, this interview, you are not alone. What you're going through, we've gone through. And that's why this book is so powerful. Because when you read it or you listen to it, the entire time, even though my exact circumstances may be different, the outcomes and the feelings and the results are going to be the same. And you're constantly going to be saying, me too, me too. That voice that you just heard that I forgot to introduce before the clip was Sergeant Michael Segru. And he wrote a book called Relentless Courage. And it talks about winning the frontline battle between mental health and, and admin and all of the things that go into that. He describes his officer-involved shooting in that book and kind of how things went downhill for him following that and then kind of the recovery arc after that. So it was an excellent episode, definitely untested waters for the Spending Our Gears podcast being that it was a video episode on top of that, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was a great topic to cover and I hope that you all enjoyed it too. Now, not only did I enjoy this episode with the Sarge, but I absolutely loved the next episode that we got to produce because I got to reconnect with some old friends. Uh, unfortunately, Swagger couldn't make it for this one, but I got to reconnect with Nick Ruggiero from the Roll Call Room podcast, as well as Mark the Cop and Dr. Day from The Shield Within. Obviously, when you put the three of us together or the four of us together, things got a little bit crazy. Dr. David. Yes. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. <laughs> can, can we make a rule real quick? If Dr. Dave is talking and my hand goes under the table, don't make any comments at all. Now, it's very, very hard to keep an erection while people are laughing at you. Well, you look at me and you lose it, so don't worry about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so why I can't do threesomes, man. I'm now the guy's looking at me going, oh, man, stop looking at me, dude. <laughs> I see you, Nick. I see exactly what you're doing. That didn't take long. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get. You didn't even ask the first question. I know. <laughs> Why did Doctor Dave sign off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if you're watching this on YouTube, and you all should be watching this on YouTube, <laughs> not Pornhub, not YouTube. Pornhub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank God. That is awesome. That's next week, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's nice to meet you, Kurt. I don't want to. I don't want to hear somebody that's a professor 
come to my police department and tell me that I need help. I want to see a guy that's fucked up or that's tried to eat their gun <laughs> mark me. You know, yep. I want to see that guy come up in front of roll call, some crusty dude that's been on the job <laughs> for 20 years, and turn around and be like, listen, I was that dude. I had every fucking thin blue line t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I, had, I, had every, I had every challenge coin. Yeah, he's covered it right now. I, you know. I thought you were going to pull something out from behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, my God, what's he getting? It looks black. It's cylindrical. Is this veins? <laughs> he's ready to cut her loose. She's paid her dues. But, sorry, but, sorry. Like, total hijack. There. No, you're good. So, I mean. Yeah, that was a good time. Definitely, definitely a lot of laughs had. When you guys go back to listen to that full episode, I am going to warn you, probably not safe for work. Or, you know, swing the bat. Either way, it's up to you. A lot of laughs were had, though, while still covering some pretty serious topics. But I love working with those guys. I can't wait for the future with the Spinning Our Gears podcast and those two podcasts and everything that we're going to do together. Might have said a little too much there. We're going to back that up just a little bit. Stay tuned for more. But what I can definitely talk about is where our next episode went. Swagger and I got to sit down and talk with a very unique individual, someone who we happened to connect through Facebook, of all places, to then come together for a podcast. But it was a great episode where we got to talk with Erica from Shadows of the Badge and Windmill Wellness Ranch. We did a deep dive over two episodes about mental health, about old-timers, new-timers, picking yourself up when you're down. I mean, we covered the gamut with these two episodes. It was a lot of fun. I can honestly say that if you've got the time, sit down and listen to both episodes. It's well worth it. Here's just a little snippet from one of those two. Why is it when you come home, the first thing that you do is you unload your gear, you grab that damn bottle and you go outside. And, you know, sometimes we say things and they kind of hit you like a truth bomb. And this was one of those situations. I said, I'm trying to feel human again. And the problem with that was it was taking more and more for me to feel human. And eventually it got to the point where I needed the alcohol to even function. So at about year 13 out of that 15, I was absolutely um, a diagnosable alcoholic. Um, 15 years in, my husband had had enough. Um, I ended up losing my kids, my home. Um, I I lost everything. Um, Went to the doctor, tried to get help. Uh, was given a medication that was eventually pulled from the market for creating psychosis, so that wasn't very beneficial. And I uh, finally got desperate enough. I went to my chief and uh, had a sit down with him, and I said, I'm drinking too much, and I, I don't know what's going on, but I, I can't seem to stop this. And uh, I knew when I walked out, my career was over. Um, there wasn't a doubt in my mind. Um, there was no offer for help. There was no you've been with this department for 15 years and you've been a damn good officer. Let's see what we can do to, to get this, you know, sorted out. But there was nothing. So, um, now I'm, uh, unemployed. Um, uh, my career that I had wanted to be a part of since the age of 15 was completely destroyed. And shortly thereafter, I had the first of, uh, seven arrests. Um, I ended up being arrested a total of seven times, all alcohol related offenses. Um, I hate it myself. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I had completely lost my, my way um, and didn't know which way was up or which way was down and eventually ended up homeless. Um, 
I, I lost everything because of this. Um, what I didn't know at the time was I had post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, that had never been mentioned. It wasn't a thing. We're talking now 2004. The military was talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, but nobody really believed anybody could get it unless, I don't know, they had had, you know, deployments to the Middle East. And I love the fact that the military was talking about it. What I didn't love was law enforcement still not recognizing this as a legitimate disorder. Okay, so I have to be honest with you guys right now at this point in the episode. I have to tell you the truth. I lied to you. Uh, I just went back and looked at the clips and the episodes, and there was not a two-part to this episode. What I saw was the video episode on top of the audio one. I'm an idiot. You guys know that. It is what it is. The truth of the matter, though, is if you think that clip that I just showed you or you listened to was action-packed, man, strap in because the first 10 minutes of this episode is a roller coaster up and down. Swagger and I were blown away. We covered 15 years worth of things in 15 minutes. And then we just continued on from there. It was a wonderful episode. We covered so much information. We covered Erica's story. We covered so much about mental health, PTSD, alcoholism, and ways to make yourself better. Like I said, great episode. There is no way that we are not going to be bringing Erica back. If I can continue to use double negatives, we are for sure going to be inviting her back to the show. Hopefully she takes us up on that, but excellent, excellent episode. I highly suggest going back and listening to the full thing after talking with erica we had our last guest on for the year uh, unfortunately swagger couldn't make it to this one again uh, that whole family and work thing you know obviously things get in the way but i got to bring on kenyon from tased and confused and we sat down and talked everything law enforcement social media and everything in between how was your fto program <laughs> My FTO program was <clears throat> was pretty good. I felt like I had really good, um, really good trainers uh, the first the first time around. Um, second time was a different different experience, but I'll get into, into that a little bit. But FTO is really when I got exposed to, you know, um, some of the things that like we kind of you know that had been touched on in academy, but um, you know I, I I was honestly like <laughs> I mean not having experience with it, I was like a little bit terrified you know, because it was just going into the unknown for me. Mm -hmm. And so like the phase one was the first time I had ever had any interaction with, with a dead body. And it was my first one. I felt like, I felt like I like kind of got eased into it a little bit. Like the first one wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a, it was a naked dude just like on his re recliner and he They're was always like naked. older. Yeah. They are always naked. I, I don't understand. <laughs> and I, 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 made a video about that too, <laughs> but everyone's fully clothed in the video. <laughs> We're not on porn. It's, it's just me. Different it's website. Just me <laughs> it's just, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, uh, I remember, um, one time I was driving around with my FTO and he was like, he started talking to me about like, it's like, Hey, your, your self-initiated activity needs a little bit of work. Like you, it's kind of low. And I was like, okay, um, what, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, y you know that you can make traffic stops now, like you're you're a cop. I was like, oh man, okay. <laughs> what, what, what do I pull over though? What what, I what can I pull over? What can I pull over? 
Yeah. And I don't know if my experience was like, if I was just like naive or if that's just kind of everyone's experience getting into this, like you don't really realize, or maybe some people do, maybe some people are like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get them now. Um, but with that I, exact I voice like, too. With that exact voice, exactly. They call over the radio. They're like, "I'm gonna make a traffic stop, dispatch. Um, start me a second and a third. I don't know what I got, but start me seven. <laughs> Grandma's getting all sketchy. <laughs> She's not pulling over for me. Oh, yeah. We all know that guy because every department has that guy. Tell you what, though, Kenyon is the guy. And I highly suggest going over and checking out all the media that he puts out. He's on all the major platforms. He's on Facebook and Instagram. His big thing is TikTok and YouTube. And if you want to chuckle, if you want to laugh, if you want to spend an hour going down the rabbit hole that is TikTok and YouTube, go check out his videos and his uh, his, his content that he puts out. Good times had by all. Now, there are some people out there who are not having a very good time. They're so short staff that they can't afford to have a good time. Swagger and I got back together one more time in 2023 and we couldn't help just taking one last dig. But hey, I guess it's what happens when your former department cancels one of your social medias. So I'm back at my old agency, not the old, not the bad agency. <laughs> that was Icarus kidding. didn't take not you back. Not an Icarus no. again. <laughs> no, well, no, no, but at, you know, this, this, the, the ship there is sinking so bad. I wouldn't be released from shore. <laughs> there might not be a ship to jump back they, on. They may, they, well, right. They may have already reached out to a couple of our previous uh, coworkers who have left uh, for part-time work that they need help with. <laughs> I don't know if you heard no. that. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we got to dive into this. <laughs> I, yeah. I, apparently, they're they're uh, they're trying to get a couple people back part-time. So, so naturally, what does uh, what does Swagger do? Swagger hears this and is like, you know what? They 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 did re- they did reject the officers that uh at, got asked and uh, so what does Swagger do? Swagger sends out the the text to them. Would you like to come and work down at my agency now part time? <laughs> so we're waiting on an answer for that one. So we'll are see. you the jury? Are you out. talking like retired guys or just guys that left? Just people that left. That's so hmm. that'll, that'll, that lim- that limits the list a little bit. Yeah, I'll, but I'll I, I just I knew that we were all dead to that agency. I didn't realize that you and I were that dead to the agency. They weren't going to give us a call. Well, they were. They're trying to resuscitate them. They're trying to bring them back. So, but which I I think I think we should probably charge them with grave digging. Yeah, uh, I think they should yeah. charge. They should charge for that. You're not wrong there. <laughs> we are definitely going to talk after this episode so that I. <laughs> know who I should text. Yeah, or my yeah. agency is also hiring one of, one of, for one. One of them, one of those might be a couple badges higher than me. From the badge numbers. That does it. So. <laughs> that was most people that left before me. <laughs> I said a couple. I didn't say like a lot. You know, retired for ten years. Oh, yeah. 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 No. No. That kind no. of floors me. I didn't realize they were going to part-time work. Well, they must need a lot of help. <laughs> I guess, hey, when a quarter of the department is down and then a quarter of the remaining department is all promoted personnel, you got to do what you got to do. You do. Yep. I get it. Absolutely. And I was so and, – and I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sure there's some budget constraints there, so, you know, you got to find a way to fish somebody out of well, the water. Well, when you're down, like, 37 officers, what budget are you talking about? You can spend whatever you want to. 
You got nothing but yeah, money. Right? And yeah. time. You can literally <laughs> pay everyone sergeant and lieutenant money and then bring people on as here, a sergeant. Here, yeah, here, here's why they're doing it. The ones that are like lieutenant and above are afraid to work the street yeah. and uh, and and don't want to. So I know what they're doing. So they're want, they're trying to do just the admin stuff. You know, I just want to sit behind the desk and push papers all the time and bitch at people, uh, not not do any police work. You know. So well, I mean, it's such a cake to each their own. It's such a cake gig with so much money. They're offering people to come in as a sergeant. They're promising them that. So, like I said, we had to finish off the year with one last dig. Wouldn't be spinning our gear style without it. It has been one heck of a year. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, there have been ups and downs and smiles and cries. I can honestly say that I am incredibly excited for what next year is about to bring. So a little spoiler alert, I have already started working on artwork for the podcast for next year. We've already got guests lined up for next year, topics planned for next year. We are going to be kicking it off with a bang. I am super, super excited for what this podcast is going to bring in 2024. I hope you guys are too. I hope you enjoy this episode, taking a little look back down memory lane of 2023. I hope each and every one of you has a safe and happy holiday. No matter what holiday it is that you, you believe in or that you celebrate, I hope that you have a good time. I hope that you get to spend time with loved ones. You get to be surrounded by happiness and love. I hope this holiday season brings you everything that you've wanted and that you kick off 2024 with a bang just like we are. Please be responsible this holiday season. Please stay safe. We will get to this together.